Stories from California Cattle Country is produced by the California Cattlemen's Foundation and receives support from the California Cattle Council. We've created this podcast for those wanting to connect with the people and practices of far-flung ranches and dairies in California through hearing stories from and learning more about the families in cattle country. Ranches are almost always located in difficult areas. If land is able to be farmed, it will be, as it's usually more profitable. But when topography becomes problematic and access to water unpredictable, ranching becomes a more viable option. It just takes a certain kind of person to facilitate it. Ranching is not for the faint of heart. Imagine having hundreds of large animals, animals responsible for your livelihood, scattered over thousands of acres of uneven ground. And though cattle are adaptable, they need regular supervision and care. It's a saying that's often meant as an exaggeration, but if you were to ask a rancher, herding cats isn't unlike herding cows. Despite their size, they can get themselves into some pretty weird places. Our recent visit to Teyama Livestock and Gaviota gave us insight into the rigors of ranch management, with one added complicating factor. Not only is the ranch a fully functional cow ranch, one of the largest producers in Santa Barbara County, it's also an underdeveloped rural residential community. This probably violates the tenets of fine journalism, but the Wikipedia introduction of the ranch is as follows. Begin quote, Hollister Ranch is a 14,400-acre gated residential community amidst a working cattle ranch on the Gaviota Coast in Santa Barbara County, California. The dramatic bluffs, isolated beaches, and terraced grasslands are within the last undeveloped stretch of Southern California coastline. The fallow and fertile fields, mountains, and valleys include some of the oldest known human settlements in the New World, the last native population of which was the Chumash. The Spanish Portola Expedition, the first European land explorers of California, traveled along this coast in 1769. It became a part of the extensive Spanish land grant known as the Rancho Nuestra Senora del Refugio operated by the family of Jose Francisco Ortega from 1794. The land was purchased by William Wells Hollister after the Civil War as part of a large acquisition, the center of which was Glen Annie, Tecolito Canyon, lying between Gaviota State Park and Point Conception. A cattle ranch since the days of the Ortegas, Hollister is the fourth largest cattle ranch in Santa Barbara County, having shipped over 1,500,000 pounds of beef in the summer of 2005. As a result of the Hollister Ranch Owners Association, CCNRs, Santa Barbara County Zoning and California Agricultural Preserve Program, when fully built out, over 98% of the property will continue to be devoted to cattle grazing. Other benefits to Hollister owners as a result of the cattle operation include reduced fuel load in an event of a range fire, end quote. To summarize, it's some of the most beautiful property in California, largely untouched by development due to the Hollister Agreement. Hollister Ranch is one of a group of leases that Tayama Livestock manages. We drove six hours from Sacramento to Santa Barbara, and the following morning drove 20 minutes north to the ranch entrance. The road dips from peaks to valleys with regular views of the Pacific, with a trellised railroad line, which was likely much more useful 100 years ago. With the knowledge that the ranch was also residential development with 133 parcels, I was surprised to not see any residences. In our entire trip, where we visited two or three of the ranch's eight pastures, I only saw a handful of homes. When we arrived at the Hollister Historical Working Barn in the headquarters, I saw a man in the tax shed who I later learned was Tayamo partner Will Ingram and co-owner Kathy Carlson, who I recognized from pictures online. We did a ranch tour with Will and Kathy, which aligned with their duties that they had to go look at cows in the pasture. Going to look at cows is a regular occurrence at ranches, especially when the cows are calving, which was the case at Tayamo. Most ranches in the state, to the east and to the north, are way past calving, but ranches with temperate weather like Tayamo can calve well into the winter. After the tour, we sat for an interview in their tax shed. You may even hear the tales of Kathy's cattle dogs triggering Kate slapping the rubber mats in the background. I'm Ryan Donahue, and this is Stories from California Cattle Country. 
So I'm Will Ingram, a partner in town of livestock. We run cattle on the Hollis Ranch in Gaviota and many other ranches. Historically, like, how did you become involved in, in the operation? I started as a kid. My dad used to take me to the sale barn and I kind of fell in love with the whole beef industry and and then got the opportunity to come to the Hollister Ranch when I was 13 and worked here until the present time. Basically, I took some time off and went other places, but have been involved around the beef industry ever since I was a kid. Kathy, can you do a similar introduction just of just what you were doing before this? Because like I said, it's, it is interesting for us from our standpoint. This place has been ranched for a hundred plus years, if not a lot more than that. But also you guys, you jumped in towards like the tail end, like you're newer ranchers, which is kind of rare. What was your history before that? And then and what made you decide to, to, to go this route? So my name is Kathy Carlson and I worked um, for Patagonia. They offered a program where you could take three months off and work for a nonprofit organization of your choice and come and have your job waiting for you after. And I um, decided to take it and I worked for Finnish Biological and we worked for California Rangeland Trust monitoring for conservation easements here in California. And um, when that three months was off, in the meantime, I would start riding with Sue and here at the Hollister Ranch. And when my three months was up, there was just no going back because I, I had found my passion. And I worked with Will and Sue and John McCarty here at the Hollister Ranch. And the rest is history. We should say that, that Sue is, you know, she's gone for the holiday and stuff. But could you just tell me a little bit about Sue and her involvement in this in this operation? Sue's Sue's one of the main partners. She's been involved in ranching longer than any of us, probably mostly here at the Hollis Ranch. She has a real passion for for the landscape and the livestock and her horses. She's kind of been the mother hen in a way to kind of guide us and make a lot of this possible. You know, obviously this is an audio recording and it's really hard for people to know exactly where we are. Could you give us just a, a little bit of explanation of where we are exactly and what kind of an environment this is? The Hollis Ranch is located on the central coast, just south of Point Conception, where the state of California actually makes the big shark bite turn. The beach is south facing. It's a coastal ranch with the beach to the south instead of to the west. Um, it's relatively steep country that is, I would say, semi-arid. Also, so, and I don't actually know the exact timeline on this, but the ranch itself was, I don't know if it was placed into a trust or, but it was split up into plots and there's people that bought the certain plots, but the, I think 98% of each plot is just open rangeland and they, they have the, the opportunity to have these little two acre parcels. Yeah, that's correct. There's 133 parcels that are individually owned and then the grass is lumped back through the Hollister Ranch Co-op, which is then marketed to Tama Livestock for grazing. It was weird for me because we did a tour and we did the entire tour just in a, in a truck. And then I think you had to put it into like, you know, four wheel drive, maybe once or twice. You were saying that there's some benefits to having this kind of system in place. Uh, are there other benefits to having these plots opposed to it just being a complete open ranch? Yeah, there's benefits with access to, to country that wouldn't otherwise be open due to the access to these parcels and then 
water availability from individual parcels development. Then we can use it for the cattle and put troughs in places you otherwise wouldn't be able to get them. Being that there's, you know, like I said, 133 plots, and then there's people that live in these homes and stuff, there's obviously going to be some interface between the animals and the people that live here. How has it been? Is it, has it been just, is it just kind of copacetic and like kind of works out all the time? Or are there any other problem? Do you have cows jumping into people's yards or anything like that? Definitely have, you know, cattle breach private places, some, you know, vehicle versus cow accidents on the main road and other places. You know, your occasional uncomfortable person that doesn't know what they encountered with a cow. Um, they're big animals and some people do get uncomfortable, but for the most part, people kind of learn to coexist with them and it's relatively simple. I think there was a big learning curve for me as far as mostly my people skills that were tuned in and I thought it was an animal people interaction, but I've, I've got better at dealing with people and interacting and, and then the cattle will get used to it and get a little better. I know you were talking a little bit when we came in here, you showed us the map and then you had another map that you kind of overlapped. And can you talk about some of the things that you do for the community here? Like when you bring people in for tours and like what you're kind of showing off? Part of it isn't just ranching. Part of it is the interaction and the education with the local people and the kids and everybody to educate that where their food comes from, how it goes, what it goes into what we do. We do have quite a bit of interaction that way to, I would call more education based to help the general public understand that your hamburger doesn't come from a package. It started on the hills and it took a lot of work to get it there. What kind of benefits do cattle provide for, for people living in this area? I think the number one benefit is the fire prevention and erosion control. The, the cattle help with the they terrace the ground in the steep terrain which helps collect water and also prevent erosion and then uh, the biggest i think the biggest factor is just fuel reduction for fire prevention or reduction has the ecology here been altered by having cows here or has it kind of just been maintained by having them in my opinion it's been maintained i, I don't have the science behind it and you were here 150 years ago and i wasn't here so and i'm sure there was large animal grazers of some sort were they the same magnitude or not? I don't know. I, I think there was some history that there were some elk and stuff present on the coast. There probably would have been some sort of large animal grazer. A quick aside. In a follow-up interview, Tayoma wanted to emphasize their goal to encourage native grasses over invasives by replicating the grazing patterns of the original large native animal herds in the area. With the terrain and with this unique environment, there's obviously some benefits and that is obviously gorgeous and, and uh, there's a temperate climate so you can be here year round and the cows can be here year round. Are there any unique difficulties to this area? The topography can be challenging. It's not super challenging for us because we've spent so much time here, but we would have trouble if we didn't have good dogs and, and good horses. It would make our access you know, we, even though we do have these good roads and stuff, there's quite a bit of country that doesn't have roads and you definitely couldn't do it without a horse and a dog. It would take, it's not a four wheeler ranch. It's for sure horseback. Yeah. Or helicopter. Exactly. Yeah. There's really no in between. <laughs> right. I don't know. Just 
Very good. <laughs> <laughs> you got a guy song. <laughs> I, I just wanted to, last thing is just a, a thank you guys. I know there was a lot of back and forth in getting this arranged and you guys don't know me for Adam, but you, you know, you, you let me come and, and visit your spot. So I just want to thank you for your hospitality and uh, letting him be uh, hang out uh, in this beautiful area. Welcome. On our way out, Kathy showed us the tide pools where they host the Hollister Ranch Tide Pool School Program for area students free of cost. Students explore the pools with buckets in hand, collecting specimens and docents will identify them and educate them about their role in the ecosystem. This is the first time I saw a cow and a sea star on the same day. If you'd like to see visuals from our visit, including photos of Trigger and Kate, the cattle dogs, visit www.cowcattlecouncil.org. We shoot a gallery of photos for every visit. If you're interested in visuals from our travels, visit our Instagram account at cowcattlecountry. We love feedback. If there's something you'd like to hear on stories from California cattle country, you can contact me directly at ryan at cowcattle.org or leave comments on our various social media posts. We'll be back in two weeks. Thanks for listening.